There's no rules! Welcome back to the back porch of Franklin Bridge. It's the No Mulligans Podcast. I'm Jack. This is Scott to my left. Or if you're watching on YouTube, to my to right. right. Or to the camera's right. That's right. So uh, <laughs> we really appreciate you guys watching. Uh, we had a guy pop by by the name of Martin who Begins. listens to the podcast. And it was cool. He was like, I'm a huge fan. I was like, I'm listening to the podcast like almost every time you guys put it out. And it's just cool to be able to see people who are actually yeah. getting benefit because to us, it's just going through a computer, right? So it's going through the airwaves. It's super cool to see people come up and say, hey, you know, I've heard you or you're the podcast guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever we I'm saw playing that post on the on golf. Instagram, yeah, yeah. Like, played golf with podcast guy. So shout out to That's Koji. Uh, but yeah. Um, so. No Mulligans Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music. And if you would, give us a subscribe or a follow and a five-star rating. It would really help us out for people who are trying to find a golf podcast either on their platform or on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on YouTube or watching us on YouTube, please give us a, a, a thumbs up because that really helps us and when people search golf. big golf trips coming up too. So if you want to join those. Yeah, I mean, this up. is a um, good time to mention Play With The Pod. Yep. So we started this uh, this new travel series that we're going to be starting up here. Every single month, we're going to go to a different place around the region and play golf. So yep. if you want to play with the pod, uh, if you all it is is just a you know upfront money and it covers everything for the entire trip. So if yep. you guys want to play with the pod, uh, let us know by DMing Scott at s Hassey Golf two s's two e's, and uh, we can get we'll you, send you the dates. We'll send you the dates. We'll put you on the on the next spot or whichever one you can make. So it'll be a lot of fun. And then I had somebody ask about our merch store too. How can they do that, Scott? Uh, hit me on there. We're gonna post about it here soon. We've had. We've taken some things off, played around with some different stuff, so uh, that should be live by the weekend. So Love it. Love it. Well, big news in the world of golf <laughs> over the past couple of days. This might be a massive turning point in golf history. I think it could, but you also sent me and Tate something the other day, being like, this has happened before. Yeah, 1968. Uh, so for those of you who are, have been living under a rock over the past week, because by the time you listen to this, it'll be a week later, I guess. Yep. We're going to um, try and get this one out early. Yeah, we should get this one out early, but the PGA Tour just announced that they're going to be merging with Live Golf. Yep. After all that's happened, after <laughs> all know. of the lawsuits, the countersuits, everything that's gone yep. on, they decided to merge. And uh, I, I don't know what Monahan is thinking. <laughs> really. Well, you know, that's like, like that's the part I kind of want to walk us through is like, <clears throat> uh, you know, Voice of the Titans, Mike Keith. When I got to hear him speak at one of our PGA section meetings, was <clears throat> um, like when you talk about this kind of stuff, like. Start with the facts. Like, here's what's been said. Here's what's been done. Like, work your way through that. And if you follow, like, the litigations and when all those came, you know, antitrust lawsuits and all that stuff that came about, it's a really interesting thread. So um, I'm going to pull some of this up on my phone. Uh, I messaged somebody the other day. uh, Like, this is the interesting thread. So basically you have, obviously you have Liv came about basically last year, that whole deal. Everybody knows that. Um Lawsuit filed by 11 Live golfers in September of 2022. Then Live joined the lawsuit after that. So it was actually done by those golfers separate from Live. Then Live joined in on the lawsuit. Um, and there's other threads we can follow, but I'm following this one first. PGA Tour countersues. Uh, and then the courts begin ruling in favor of the PGA Tour in, fe- in February. 
Then another court in March blocks a motion from a previous judge, which shifts favor back towards the live players. Uh, and through this period of time, there are live players that are slowly backing out, like have removed their name from the lawsuit. Um, and then until all 11 are out of the lawsuit except one, the live tour itself. So now it's just your live and your PGA tour in these countersuits, lawsuits. To me, that whole like thread is really interesting. Like if you just follow that thread as it sits alone for those players to pull back, that makes you wonder like what have like why would why would the PGA Tour do this? Like I understand like us trying to like find a common ground, but like to like merge into one unity where the PIF buys basically exclusive rights to first rights of refusal of investment and all that sort of stuff. It's like wait a second. This was the whole PIF money that they were talking about not using. It's one of the reasons why guys didn't go to the live tour. Aside from some of the other stuff, they're playing unlimited events, and I don't just want to take the money and that sort of thing. But, like, that whole thing is very intriguing to me. And, like, from somebody with a background in game theory, and you think through, like, what could have happened, like, and Phil's been here, like, the PJ Tour is greedy. I know things that people don't know. Like, if you add that to the equation... Like, if Liv is dead in the water, what? then why would the PGA Tour do that? Then you also have the PGA Tour raised, if you play in 15 events as a PGA Tour player, if you're a PGA Tour member, we're going to give you a $500,000 base salary. That's intriguing. We figure you have 100 guys. It's probably more than 100, but you have 100 guys minimum. I mean, that's $50 million every year. Like, can they sustain that on top of the fact that they went from $40 million in PIP to $100 million in PIP? Like, that's a lot of extra dough that the tour's forking out. Maybe the, maybe the PGA Tour was dead in the water. The maybe tour the is PGA also tour a uh, 501C. Uh, 501C6, which C6, is interesting yeah. to me. I don't know how all that works, but... Well, I mean, they're a charitable company, right? right? So, like, so they're not raking in money like the same way that Live is, as far as like, well, the Saudis—they're backed by a, yeah. uh, by the Saudis, yeah. but still, like, yeah, it, all, it makes you think. Have you seen was the, office the PGA meme? Tour in in trouble? Have you Which seen office the Office meme? meme? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the Michael Scott Paper Company. Uh, this is our best. This is our best. Like, take you're not it. like you're not worth much. We're worth nothing. Okay, we'll take the deal. Like, what? So it's just really, like, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me for that to happen behind the scenes without the player's knowledge. And, like, to hear guys talk about, like, this is supposed to be a player-owned tour, it's like, well, is it really a player-owned tour? Like, you have your own CEO who doesn't play golf. Like, he's not a member, uh, like, of the PGA Tour. Like, what's... And so that's why I brought up the, the article from 1968 of when the PGA of America... And the PJ Tour basically created that division. So there's talk about Arnold Palmer and that. We'll post that uh, link in the show notes for y'all to go read on your own without going into detail about it. But, like, this type of thing has happened before, and it made me think, like, what would the players do or what could the players do if they didn't want to do this? Like, do they start their own tour? I don't think they do. I don't think you can. Like, is there a place for lawsuits that they can file? I mean, they could boycott, play in. I mean, what? I mean, they're just stuck. Is what it feels like, and like they've they didn't defended know the PJ Tour. They didn't like, know anything about this right. either. No. Now, with that being said, like, there's also the same token of like, well, 
just because you work for a company doesn't mean you're privy to all the information that the executives have. So to a certain degree, like, I mean, that's not out of the question, right? Like the things that happen between Brooks, me, Adam and Evan here and Brooks's team of investors and <clears throat> financial advisors and such, like that information isn't privy to everybody. Like, so there's a certain degree to that, that I'm not uh, totally opposed to the fact that nobody else knew about it. Uh, but it is really interesting. The guys that have defended uh, to me, this is, <clears throat> I think where I want to go with this piece. Somebody asked me like, what are the gains? What are the losses of this? I think one of the losses is just like general trust that players have in the people that are running the organization over them. Like we've defended like staying on the PGA tour and being traditional and not just taking the money and like having to earn our way. And like, yes, we made more money because the tour was kind of forced to try to raise the base, but like now we're taking the money from the company that, which we were adamantly opposed to and more scumbags and all that other like, like what? It's just like, what happened? That's the weird part to me. I think what's frustrating for me is uh, is Monahan like trotting Rory McIlroy out there to do all of his dirty work, right? Saying yeah. that like this is the superior tour. Who doesn't want to talk about like who wants money over legacy? If you're really a golf purist, and he's just out here defending the tour, and now Monahan is like, hey, by the way, buddy, hey, we merged with them now. It's like, what? If I'm Rory, I'm feeling pissed about all of that, right? But and like. His whole commentary was really interesting today. I don't know if you watched like his interview. I was just like, I I just don't know what to make sense of his interview. I it was just bleh. like I'm okay. Like you know, it's gonna be what's best for the game. But like I still hate live and like what kind of answer was that? Like for the guy that was so adamantly opposed to then flip like that. Um, but. Uh, what, what do I want to pull up? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Filling the space. Yeah. And like, so here's some of the, today is a momentous day for your organization and the game of golf as a whole. That's the start of the PJ tour members letter <laughs> here. Uh, here's really bad news. We're about to deliver to you. Um, <clears throat> the public investment fund is contributing its golf related commercial businesses and rights, including live golf along with a significant, Financial investment toward minority equity ownership of a new collectively held for-profit LLC. That's what they're doing. And then Jay Monahan will be the uh, he will be the CEO of said new thing. Like you're the CEO of this, and now you're just giving yourself the rights to do this. It's just like a really weird dynamic. And so I'm thinking from the strategy side, like why would you make this move? Like, on the surface, without more knowledge, with the limited information we have, <clears throat> one of a couple of things. Like, Phil might be right. Like, so if we use Phil's language, like, I know things that nobody else knows, and they're a bunch of greedy whatever, whatever. If Phil is right, then it would behoove those of the PGA Tour to squash it by merging if Liv was going to come out and launch it and ruin them, right? So that's a potential. The other would be there's a lot of money to be had and to be made, by merging, I don't know who benefits. I don't know what the dollars are, whatever. And then I don't know what the third would be. Like, there's not a lot of other logical options with how aggressive the PGA Tour has been opposed to live golf. 
And I think the reason why everybody's having such like a visceral reaction to this too, it's it's not that live and the PGA are merging. I think that there's just been and what is a merger? Like, well, and there's there's been a, the details of there's that. been a lot of uh, there hasn't been a lot of transparency, right? Especially with the with the guys who are on the tour, none of the players knew, none right. of the players knew. And so if I'm like Hideki Matsuyama, if I'm Justin Thomas, if I'm Roy McIlroy, if I'm Will Zalatoris, I mean, you got offered mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars to go play, and now yeah. these guys, especially, dude, you know who's hit the lottery through all this is Brooks Kepka. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yep. Just go out there, win the PGA, make all of the live money. He's won like a third of their events. Right. And now he's going to get to come back to the tour and play for all that legacy again. One of the uh, – so, you know, scrolling through Twitter and Instagram and all that isn't always the best thing. But following people's comments, just like where does everybody stand on this? Like you got people that think this is the greatest thing ever. you got people think that this is the worst and people think that Jay Monahan should be fired. I think that's almost the uniform thing. <laughs> that seems to be the only thing most people are agreeing on is this guy needs to go. Um, and But one of the ones that stood up stood out to me was a gentleman said, and the PGA Tour is now uh, getting in bed with the Saudis and thus should be held to the same criticism and standards that Liv was subjected to. If we say that the Liv was so bad because of the money from the Saudis, then the PGA Tour now has to have the same level of criticism, which I'm like, that actually kind of makes some sense. Like, if you're going to give it that criticism, then that criticism has to come this way as well. I don't know. Like, does it affect me and my day-to-day? No. Does it affect, you know, why I play golf and why I teach and all that? No. But could it potentially affect... I don't know what the trickle down is of all this. Like, what does it look like? And there's a new name to be had for whatever that is. Like, how does the PGA Tour continue to exist? What does Live look like? Does Live die out and fizzle out? Like, what? I don't know what all this means. I think what's what's most interesting for me now was when this first thing happened. We were talking about Live and PGA Tour being polar opposites of each other, right? Like the PGA Tour is going to go this way, focused on legacy, and Liv's going to go this way and focused on fun, right? And now that they're merging, I think what's interesting is the media hasn't, the media doesn't really have like opinions on this. They're just like, this is weird. Nobody was told what what was happening. And like, everybody's just like, I don't know what's next, right? And I'm even feeling us right here being like, well, yeah. what do we talk about now? Like, I know, like, I don't like, even know what to say. It's just like, like, here's what's happened. I don't really know. This is what's happened. I think everybody yeah. in the golf world right now who pays attention is just like, well, I mean, we got nothing to do, but just see how this is going to play out. Yeah. I'm curious to see what's going to happen this week at the RBC Heritage. It seems like most players, other than like a comment on Twitter, aren't like stepping in front of the presses i'm sure they're talking with their agents and such of like what how do i answer questions how do about i answer this? like some of them i would guess are trying to find a way to file a lawsuit you know of some sort um i, I don't i don't know what all that means and it's interesting like the two the two guys so i can't think of the guy's name i'm gonna mispronounce it but if you look in there that's you've got jay monahan's the ceo then the guy that was getting all the lawsuits thrown at him from Liv, he's also now one of the leading executives of whatever news said thing. So it's like, what what is all of this? And the hard thing, too, is that the tour, all of the players on the tour are independent contractors, right? Yeah. And so technically, they're not owed any information at all because they're just like, hey. It's true. That's my point. Like, you're just playing on our tour, man. You just have a chance to win this money, but mm-hmm. we don't owe you anything. And I think that's what's sour. 
But I think that's yeah. also the reason why a lot of these guys are probably not going to win any suits that they end up filing if right. they do. Well, apparently there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of uh, loud vocal and words exchanged in that player meeting from what you're hearing from a couple of different places, and it's uh, I don't know I feel bad for some of the players. Um, I don't know how I feel about Rory. Like his responses have just kind of been all over the board. I'm like I don't. Where do you stand? Like, I'm anti, but I am, but I'm not, but I am this. And so, like, it's hard to get behind somebody who doesn't seem to know where they stand anymore and how much has he been drug around through this whole process, whose voice was it, was it actually his voice, was right. it through Jay Monahan? Like, right. we don't, we'll never really know that. Let's, uh, let's do this. I mean, we're, not pro- we're probably not going to be able to talk about this forever, right? No. So let's do, let's do this little fun game here before we kind of wrap up and final thoughts here. Three biggest winners out of this and three biggest losers out of this. Um, uh, I mean, the biggest winner to me is the live golfers. That's the biggest win. Uh, be even more specific. I mean, you're them, right. The, live golfers totally. The the ability for them to come back and regain PGA Tour. Oh, I'm membership. just saying. I'm just saying, like three biggest winners. Like biggest winner is Brooks Kepka for me. Far, I think like, Phil Mickelson. I think Phil Mickelson Phil? looks like. The guy who said, like, see, I told you they're just really greedy. That's a great <laughs> like, point. <laughs> they just proved him right. They yeah. proved him right on every point. Like, they've come up to 500000 as a base. Like, see, I told you they were greedy. They'll, they'll give you the money when you finally realize they're going to lose it. Yeah, yeah. And now they're taking the money. Yep. Like, so Phil wins. Phil looks good. Um, Jay Monahan wins. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's Selfishly, getting, probably. Right. Like, yeah, like, I think there's something that he wins. Now, even if he loses his job and he's, you know, ostracized forever. But, like, I think in the short term, he's a winner. I think biggest losers now are going to be the new young guns that were thinking that they were going to come onto the tour. Now their spaces are getting filled yep. up with old guys. Yeah. Which, sorry, I'll, let's earned. let's finish this before <laughs> we do this. So, we got... New guys, I think, are losing. I think Rory McIlroy just got used the whole last six yeah, I six think months. I think Rory loses big here. I think people are some ways sympathizing with him, but I think his answers now, like he's kind of stuck in this trap of like I've been anti this the whole time. Now I got to find a way to move along in this mix. Um, and in the same way, Tiger too. He's kind of having. He's not having to like backtrack on his words, but he definitely came out and was like, "Listen, like we're in this for a legacy. If you're really a golf purist, and now everybody's coming." I, back. I think all of those that are major PGA Tour supporters are losers. Fair, fair. Like just your general public. I, th- I think they lose in this whole thing of like, wait, I thought I certainly I thought like I, w- I thought I was serving somebody that like still cared about the game and still cared about all of this and it doesn't appear that that's the 100%, case. 100%. I completely agree. I th- at least that's what it's taken on face value. Now, some of the the article that we're going to have in the in the show notes, you're going to hear some of that same sense of like this is just greed with Arnold Palmer and these other players. You're going to hear some of that same tone for a tournament that was 250,000 or 200,000 um that the PGA of America vetoed use their veto power to say, no, we're not going to do that tournament. So you'll get to read that article. Um, I think it's very intriguing. I think it helps us understand where we're at. Um, I, I don't know. Like, uh, what's the third? So we got Rory's a loser. I think the people that watch the game are losers. And I think the tour, the tour players are at this, like, who do we trust, right? Like, like who can I actually even talk to? Like, Rory somehow, it seems like, from what I'm seeing in there, Rory got some sort of text or phone call on Monday night that nobody else got. Mm. 
at least that's what it appears like, mm-hmm. right? We don't have everything, all the information, but like it appears that somehow or other Rory got some information before everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And he was given the details of that Tuesday morning. That's what was on at least some of the other news publications. So what like was Rory, like is there something Rory was new that we didn't know like that nobody else knew like what's so the tour players can we trust Rory? Can we trust like nobody knows that's the thing. Right. And when when there's not trust amongst people, things do not go well. The one thing that I will <laughs> say though, it's it just my this is kind of what I'll end with here, like my, how things should move forward. I think things should move forward. Obviously, there's going to be different tiers of tournaments, right? Like the Masters is going to get held in a different regard than the yeah. than the John Deere Classic, yeah. right? But I think that a lot of these tournaments should be held like the Masters. I think the biggest thing with the live guys leaving is we were excited for new talent to come in, right? Mm-hmm. Because Poulter's gone. Because like... Uh, uh but, 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 but I'm blanking now on some bad guys that went to the PGA Tour or live tour to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pat Perez, Pat Perez, uh, um, Joel Dan- uh, Joel Damon, Lee Westwood, Lee Westwood, Lee Westwood actually had a pretty good year before he jumped before over he to live. Point being, I feel like live was an easy ship to jump to when your career was on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think that more tournaments should embrace more of like a master style, uh, major style, uh, like entry. I think you have to be in you the top X, your, right? You earn your way into and, it. And so the tour should then expand for new talent to come on and as well and play to beat some of these guys. And I think that makes it interesting, dude. Imagine if you see some guy, imagine if we saw Nick Dunlap. Would you see more U.S. Open qualifier type stuff? Yes. By the way, Nick, yes. Nick qualified for the U.S. Open again this did, year. Of course he did, dude. No, <laughs> I no doubt. I no doubt. That's awesome. But no, imagine if you see Nick Dunlap on tour and he just beats the crap out of Poulter. Yeah. Like that would be so much fun to so watch. So do, do we look for more U.S. Open qualifier type events? I love that. Where yes. you can qualify to get in, whether you're a mini tour player, amateur, whatever. Yes, exactly. Um, something I would be intrigued to see. Well, and hold on, hold on. Before yeah, you go on going. with that. You're good. This we've already we've already proven the concept with Michael Block, right? We've already proven mm-hmm. the concept. Yeah. Because he came in, tore the whole thing up. Everybody couldn't stop talking about him. Same thing could happen if we have like a Nick Dunlap come on and just tear everything up. Same thing could happen with like a Sam Bennett at the Masters, right? Right. This is how I think we make golf interesting going forward, and I think it's the best middle ground that we have with Liv coming I on. think there's a lot of talent that's not given the opportunity because there's so many barriers to entry. There's the financial barrier – there's the just like number of tournaments to play, like how you get into tournaments can be a challenge. Like, all right, so you got a Monday queue into a lot of corn fairy events. Um, you've got to go through multiple rounds of queue school if you go the traditional route. There's just so much talent that's out there. And to hear guys like Kepka going back to Kepka <clears throat> talk, like, how many events would you be able to qualify for if you tried to Monday qualify? He's like, I'd be lucky to qualify for four lucky if that right like he understands the level of talent and competition to be able to even get into some of these events so like where's i don't know like (laughs) it's the talent pool is so deep i was just kind of glad when like perez and poulter and all those guys went over to the tour because it's like i don't want to watch you man like yeah you suck (laughs) i i would be intrigued this so i'm a purist uh by heart so like 
I've been pulling for an amateur to win an event for years. Oh, yeah. As we've talked about this Who podcast. Who would honestly? Right? Like, yeah. I would love to see the Bobby Jones. To me, the purest form of competition is no dollars involved whatsoever. Right? You take that away, how many guys stop trying to play? Who really loves winning and being the very best without the added incentive of the dollars and making a living out of it, right? Like, that's... And you could do that with any career, right? If you remove that, who would try to become the best? Um, but like that amateurism in golf, I think is what's is something that's very very unique to the game. Um, you know, one of my favorite things. I mean, Martin came up here and talked. Like, uh, we got Jeff over here plays in some of the like mini amateur events that are all over the country. Like, I think that's cool. Like that anybody can play at a highly competitive level with like sanctioned organizations, not just like your local YMCA thing, right? Um, what I would like to see, this is me on the purest side, I would love to see the PJ Tour players just sit on their hands and say, hey, we're not playing until we get some clarity of what's actually happening. The people that the people that we're supposed to trust need to come out and tell us what's actually happening, let the lawyers come out with it. Maybe it's not to total public, but with the players say, hey, sorry, we're not playing the RBC Heritage. We need to know what's actually happening. And in the same way... And Phil- whether we agree with it because this is a player player's own tour whatever that means i don't know what all that actually entails but like just that would be intriguing to me and in the same way too i mean you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about phil earlier like phil called it right you you do something they'll pay you so i mean i i I think that would be interesting honestly instead of watching a tournament this weekend i feel like i would like to watch the drama unfold if they were just like yeah we're not playing I'm, i'm wdn from this tournament yeah, if they all decided, like, sorry, we're not playing. <clears throat> not because I think, like, not to support the PGA Tour, but, like, just for the players to say, hey, we need to be able to trust the people that are running our organization. If you, like, we've been defending this thing, you go behind our back. Like, maybe the merger with Liv is great. Maybe it's not. And it's not even merger with Liv. It's with the PIF, and the Liv comes as a part of that. But it's, like, we just need to have some clarity, some defined lines of what is actually happening for this organization and what was it that we actually support. Are we a 501c6? Are we not? Is this separate thing? What is that separate thing going to look like? What What is all of this? Just from that pure standpoint of trying to regain trust with the people that run the thing, that's the reason I would have them sit on their hands, not to boycott the tour forever, but to be like, yeah, just kind of calling like a big fat timeout, like, nope. Yeah. Let's not go on like nothing happened. Like, right. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not going to pretend like this, is, this isn't just going to blow under the rug. We're going to just say, stop right here. Pause. I like that. <laughs> well, and that's, that goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning of this. It's just there's the only thing that's been wrong. I don't really care that lived merged with the PGA Tour in, in all honesty. In it. It's just the lack of transparency that I think everybody's just like, well, what's happening? And even us, like as golf fans, right? It's like, I don't even know what to tell you. And that's what all the news publications have been like, here's what's happening. I know nothing else. So we'll tell you when we know more. Yeah. And (laughs) even then, we're probably not going to fully know everything. And it's just, we're, I think we all feel like we're just along for this ride and we're just getting towed around no matter which side we stand on. It's like, okay, whatever. Which in some ways I don't hate too. Like, I know that this is, this is not like ideal, right? But in some ways, it's like, all right, we, let's just add to the drama here. Let's see what this. Let's see what well, this brings. You know, because as a golf fan, I mean, as much as I was anti-live when it happened, as like, I, I, right now I'm just like, all right, let's see what's going to happen. They're still here. showing you there's some of the best players in the world on that tour. Yeah, 
I mean, when you saw shot. DJ and and every, I think everybody knew that Brooks had it in him too. So, quick question: If Phil doesn't play well, if um, you had several others, uh, Cam Smith, Phil Mickelson, DJ. Brooks Kepka, DJ, if they don't play well in those majors, do you think this happens? Uh, like if they let's just, let's just say like they either don't make the cut or they barely make the cut and they're they're no news in the last two major championships. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is even a thing? Well, it's like the Michael Scott Paper Company. Who really? Who was only play, Who was playing well in the majors? I mean Brooks, yeah, obviously. Brooks. Uh, he had the I Masters Masters run and won the PGA. Cam Smith, I feel like was like maybe t fifteen for the, his last couple. Um, I, I haven't been following DJ at all since he went to live. In fact, he was my most surprising uh, guy who went there. I mean, I guess if you're making the argument for DJ, he won his tournaments. He won the Masters. He's like he's a proven winner. He's a world number one. I guess at that point, he's already solidified his name in in the record book. So why not go take the money? Yeah, see what happens you had after. So in at Augusta, you had Brooks finish T2. So Brooks. Phil finish T2. Patrick Reed finish T4. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Phil finished T2 in what? At Augusta. He tied. This year? Yes. Oh, he did. He had that insane comeback just, on Sunday. It was Sunday. just like this quiet, like, Yeah, yeah. Sneaking. It was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He shot uh, 65 in the final round. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Reed, like... Just totally forgot about Patrick Reed. <laughs> like he just kind of disappeared. Everybody loves to hate. He Patrick, shot sixty-eight. Though. He shot. He was T four. Uh, Joaquin Neiman was T sixteen. Harold Varner was uh, T twenty-nine. Cam Smith was T thirty-four. Okay, Taylor so they're Hughes still playing T34. well. Right. Yeah. Abraham Answer was T thirty-nine. Mito Pereira was T forty-three. Like the number of guys from Live that finished in the top fifty. Thomas Peters, DJ. What DJ Charles finish? Charles Schwartzel, forty-eighth. Forty-eighth. Okay. All those guys like played well. Now, if you look at, um, let's see, at the PJ. So, like, if that doesn't happen, do you think this conversation goes forward? Um, I don't know. I, my gut is to say that I don't think we're here. I don't know. I mean, just comparing it to another league, I think that golf is a sport where it doesn't matter where you play. You are the person who is playing. And I'll explain further. So, like, for example, if – if there was a spinoff of, of the MLB, right, and you had other guys go and play for another MLB team, or let's say they go play in like a Dominican league for a little bit, I think that there is just a level of competition that's different in other major sports and other major team sports to where if you don't play in that consistently, then you're not going to keep up your top-tier ability. Right. But with golf, completely different. Well, I mean, okay, that's funny that you say that because now I want to go back and change a lot of my opinions <laughs> from some of my past – uh, stuff because like if you look at Division One golf, Division Two golf, Division Three golf, NAIA, if you take the top, let's say forty players from all of those and you put them all in a competition, you wouldn't be able to know who's where. Like, good golf is good golf no matter where you're at. Like a sixty-six is a sixty-six if you're playing at seventy-two hundred yards on a championship golf course. Like, you can do that at any level, which is what makes college golf unique. You can't do that in baseball. You can't do that in football. You can't do that because you're competing against other people. You're not competing against the golf course itself. Well, we, we also talked about this on our um, podcast. We can't say the R word. RSA? With RSA? Yeah, RSA. Um, so with RSA, uh, we talked about this, right? Because we were talking about Division Two versus Division One, and I brought up the point. I was just like, those Division Two guys are dogs because they're not owed anything. They My, don't get, they don't get right. any top-tier benefits, and they just go out and they shove. Like, yeah. Like Micah shooting 12 under. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right. 
And, and Micah, honestly, you throw him on any D1 team, and I still think he he delivers. Yeah. I still think he plays well. Yeah, so here's the finishing positions in the PJ Championship. All right, let's hear it. Uh, obviously, we know who won with Brooks Kepka. You had uh, Bryson finished T4. Cam Smith finished T9. Patrick Reed finished T18. Mito Pereira, T18. Like Harold Varner, T29 again. Thomas Peters, T40. Like this is the thing. Like you put the you put them all together. Like great golf is great golf. Dean Burmester, fifty uh, fourth. Dustin Johnson, fifty fifth. Well, let's Phil, not kid ourselves too. You're talking about all these. That's great. They finished in the top fifty or whatever. But it, it doesn't matter where all these guys finish because Brooks won, and that's the main right, headline. Right. Right. Like that's the main headline. But like they're proving that they still have right. some of the best players in the world, 100%, which I think yeah. is one of the things they bring to the table in all of this merger dialogue. 100%. It's like, hey, y'all think that we're nothing. We're still competing. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't know. It's There's just so much out there. And the to me, the biggest, the thing that I think I can say affirmatively, like I think the, the gains, losses, I think the one that loses is the the players not knowing who to trust for a definitive fact i think yeah that, if we're gonna be I talking about that, big losers it's the pga tour players yeah i think that's the one of like they're just like what like wait what like what 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 just happened so it's like they all woke up and it's like they got fired that's kind of what it feels like probably to them like wait huh or the company they were working for just like completely changed companies and doesn't fit any of the values that they have. That's what it feels like to them, whether that's actually the truth or not. This is my last question here. Do you think Jay Monahan had his hands tied with all this? Well, if we use Phil's argument, like uh, just if you follow the game theory components of it, like it just doesn't have negotiations. Like it doesn't make sense. Like there's something that for it to happen that abruptly in, in the way that it did, I think doesn't make sense. Like something, I mean, there's a smoking gun somewhere. Like something, something's not right. And I think that's the uncertainty that all these players are like, what is actually happening? So I, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, maybe we'll find out more down the road. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll make things look clearer. Maybe it'll make them look darker, more shady. I don't know. I think that's where we end it here. Just because I don't, <laughs> I think that we just, confused. it's just, let's wait and see. I yeah. mean, I think that we'll definitely have more of these, uh, Call them uh, emergency podcasts, if you will, just Golly. because I feel like we're going to have a few more of these before we get many questions answered. So yeah. we'll keep you in the loop. Tune into the No Mulligans podcast to learn more. So, uh, well, from Scott and Jack here on the back porch of Franklin Bridge, uh, we'll see you on the next one where we'll probably talk about live in the PGA Tour again. So, and uh, probably still not have any answers. Nope. And uh, you can return <laughs> to regularly scheduled programming uh, after this episode to get more No Mulligans content. So. <laughs> Remember yep. to uh, uh, to like and follow us on all the platforms, guys. It really helps us out, and it helps you guys out for it to show up on your algorithm. So please subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star rating. It really helps us out. And for those of you who came out to our live podcast, you got a ticket for a raffle to win tons of cool prizes if you just rated us a five-star, uh, rated oh, us five was, stars a, and left yeah, us a review. So I'll leave you with ones. this. We'll figure out a way. Maybe it's a it's a round of golf with with me or Scott out here at Franklin Bridge. But if you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, or if you follow Scott on at Sassy Golf on Instagram, and maybe leave a comment on one of his posts, we'll see if we can get some kind of round of golf out there. Okay, done. I like that.
cool. Well, uh, yeah, y'all stay tuned. Thanks so much for being with us. And remember to come out to the back porch of Franklin Bridge every other Wednesday. We'll be posting about it on Instagram uh, to come hang out with us. I mean, Franklin Bridge just got this awesome new patio furniture out here. So you can now lay back with your favorite drink of choice. Almost took a nap at lunch the other day. Dude, <laughs> get a little steak sandwich here that we're chomping on or, or some tacos from Tevin Henry in here. And, uh, I mean, just have a good time. So it's a great time to, uh, to spend out here at Franklin Bridge, especially when the weather's still tolerable out here. And it's cool right now. It's perfect. This is a perfect meeting. So, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. There's one rule.